Welcome back to the Quick Pitch Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Wolf. Let's just jump on in here. We got a good program for you today. We're going to look at some injuries for tonight's matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers and look at some possible deep sleepers. If you have to play somebody tonight, we might be able to help you out on that front. Then we're going to look at some underperforming players on your fantasy teams and give you some alternatives or some ideas of possible trades you might be able to pull off with those guys or if you should just hold on to them and wait it out. Then we're going to move on to... Uh, kind of the DFS portion of the show. We're going to look over some cash game lineups here and some give you some options there to help build a very solid lineup for you. And then tomorrow will be the GPP or the Guarantees Prize Pool. Those are your big tourneys. We're going to look at that stuff tomorrow. So uh, without any more information, let's just go ahead and get it. Okay, starting out with the Baltimore Ravens here. Crockett Gilmore is officially out. So if you were counting on him, you need to get him out of your starting lineup. Uh, Max Williams possibly is available on your waiver wire. Um, I think he was like at 12% ownage uh, yesterday when we recorded the podcast. So he's probably available in your waiver wire. You need to check that. You can plug him in. He's going to see an increased offensive role tonight and could have a good, um, a, a good game, a solid game there for you. After that, Justin Forsett is probable today with that shoulder injury. Um, you know, he's in a tough spot because he really hasn't been performing too well. But if you have to play him, he should be available for you. Bashard Perryman, uh, the talented rookie, he is definitely out again today. So keep him on your bench. Don't don't get rid of him quite yet. He'll be another guy that we kind of we talk on on the next next uh, subject here. Okay, moving on to the Steelers injuries. Not a whole lot of things here that we have to talk about. Of course, everyone knows Big Ben is out, so double check your lineups. Make sure he's not in there. Michael Vick will be starting tonight for Big Ben. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to rely on Michael Vick, considering this is his first play this year. And, you know, the last time we saw Vick, he didn't inspire too much hope. So, hopefully, you have other options and you don't have to rely on Vick tonight. Additionally, everyone knows Martavius Bryant is still suspended. This will be his last week before we get to see him, uh, so make sure he's not in your lineup. Okay, let's talk about some super deep sleepers tonight. If you're in a pinch, guys that you can possibly play that might be might give you some fantasy value tonight. We already talked about Max Williams. If you're the Crockett Gilmore owner and there are no other options on the waiver wire, Max Williams should see an increased offensive role tonight. Hopefully he can get you some points. Uh, next one, we, we already talked about Vic a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, I really hope you don't have to count on him, but if you do, uh, it's not a horrible matchup. Um, you know, Big Ben would be able to light these guys up and you Big Ben would be a top five option today. Um, I don't I don't like counting on a a guy we haven't seen since last year, um, especially coming off only four days of preparation. It's going to be a tough battle for him. But if he does perform well, this other guy I could see having a huge, huge game. And that's DHB, Darius Hayward Bay. Um, I know some of you are probably laughing right now, but... Michael Vick has a cannon. You, you, you've you seen it all over. You've seen highlights. You even saw it in the preseason to Martavius Bryant. This dude can push the ball downfield. DHB is their best deep receiving option at this point. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I expect a DHB to have a very good game today, but... 
if Michael Vick goes out and performs decently well, DHB is definitely going to be the biggest recipient. Um, I could see a huge game from DHB. Again, this is only a play if you're super, super desperate or in a very deep league and you need to start someone this week because maybe you're the Kendall Wright owner and he's on he's on bye week this week and you got to start somebody. DHB is an option that is a boom or bust guy. He's either going to go out and get you eight catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns or he's going to have two catches for 20 yards so uh if you're super desperate he is a guy that you can try to count on next let's move on to a little bit of martavius bryant's future value with the big ben injury uh you know the bryant owners are kind of shaking their head because they've been holding on to him for four weeks now and when he comes back you're not even gonna have your quarterback to throw it to but kind of like the reasoning why d i think that dhb could have a good game tonight as another reason they hold out hope for martavius bryant he is the deep threat he's much better than dhb he's got better hands he's not as old uh he would look very promising last year and even in the preseason if you saw that game michael vick was just dropping bombs to martavius bryant and it it looked like a special connection so if you're the bryant owner don't drop him yet you've been holding on to him so long i know that the big ben injury really really hurt that value but uh, let's see how Vic looks before we hold off any judgment on Martavius Bryant. Okay, guys, let's look at some of the underperforming players that you've you drafted fairly high um, that just haven't really been working out to this point. Let's start with Nelson Aguilar. Okay, I know everyone's frustrated, and especially last week when he got you a goose egg, zero points. I mean, that is heartbreaking. You probably took him in round five, round six, round seven, and we were really kind of counting on him to be a wide receiver two or three for you. All I'm going to say is I'm holding holding out hope on him. I'm not trading him. I'm going to keep him on my bench. I'm definitely not cutting him, cutting him yet. If you remember last year, Jordan Matthews took about half of the season to really get going until he became that, that plug-and-play wide receiver two for you at the end of the year. I'm going to wait on Nelson Aguilar. I'm not going to say he's definitely going to come around on the second half of this season, but there's enough hope there. That whole offense is struggling. I believe they are going to get things get things going here soon, and that Nelson Aguilar is going to have some future value. Let's talk Jeremy Hill and C.J. Anderson kind of here in the same breath. Uh, Jeremy Hill is still a very talented running back, okay? He's, that offense is trying to feed him. They're trying to get him going, get his engine running here. He, I know he's missing time now, um, you know, splitting the workload with uh, Giovanni Bernard, but I really do believe that Jeremy Hill is going to get things going real soon. He just needs that game. I mean, if you remember last year, they were trying to get him going, and yeah, he had some good good games early in the season I think uh, a week two was when he actually had his first major carry game but you know if you watch the games you see Jeremy Hill kind of bouncing around in the backfield before he makes his cut he's being too indecisive right now he's gonna get going he's gonna start speeding up his decision making that offensive line's opening up holes he just needs to hit him um, he, he's definitely a talented back not a guy that is even in my opinion, even 
considering cutting at this point. He, I believe he's going to get things turned around real soon. Um, and if you go try to trade him, you're not going to get anything out of him. You know, he's a, a running back two with running back one upside. I know, and he was definitely drafted in the running back one uh, uh, area here. Um, you're not going to get that value. If you trade him right now, you know, you're going to have to downgrade significantly at the running back position. Or if you trade him for a wide receiver, you're not going to get much more than a wide receiver three. Um, I hold out hope for him to get things turned around. Give it another couple of weeks. Uh, I, I, again, I don't really see him having a great week this week. But wait till week six at the earliest before you start start making decisions on what you're going to do with him. Moving on to C.J. Anderson. You know, he's dealt with some minor toe injuries the first couple weeks. Hasn't really performed well. But that offense is just now starting to roar a little bit. That Peyton Manning-led offense is going to start putting up more points here. Peyton Manning's looking better. He's pushing the ball a little bit harder. Has more velocity on his throws. Um, as soon as Peyton Manning lights up a defense, they're going to learn that they can't be sitting there sitting there and rushing the passer nonstop, which is plugging up the running holes. So just give a couple more weeks on C.J. Anderson. Again, very similar to the Jeremy Hill situation. If you go try to trade him, you're going to get peanuts right now. Uh, he's still the running back um, the starting running back for the Denver Broncos. And, I mean, a good motto that I like to say is you never cut a starting running back of an NFL team. I don't care how, you know, how underperforming he is. A starting running back has fantasy value. All right, let's talk a couple sells here. Um, guys that I would be okay with selling on, and that's DeMarco Murray first and foremost. He just looks horrible. I mean, if you watch any of the games, he is just not performing. If you go back or if you watched any film last year, you see why he had so much so much success. That offensive line of Dallas was opening up holes. He was able to be patient patience and wait there for the hole to open and then hit it um well that's just not happening in philadelphia he doesn't have any times to make those good decisions to make those smooth cuts like he did in dallas why he had so much fantasy value last year he's a very um patient runner which is not always a good thing. If you're behind a bad offensive line like there in Philly, being a patient runner is only going to make you get hit before he can even, uh, before a hole even opens. I actually think that um, the reason why Ryan Matthews had a much better day is because he's a less patient guy. He, you know, he's going to run to where the play's called regardless if the hole's open, which is why you saw a couple good runs mixed in with a couple, you know, zero yard carries. Um, you know, at this point, I just feel like if DeMarco Murray isn't going to change his mentality or, or his patient running style, uh, he just really has no value. I'm not cutting DeMarco Murray because, again, if that offense gets going, he might be able to might be able to, to uh, uh, have some value here. But I would go ahead and try to try to sell him. Don't sell him for peanuts again. But if you can get a guy like, I don't even know, maybe even... Joseph Randall in a throw-in wide receiver three. Um, that That's a trade that I would do. Um, you know, or try to get somebody else that you, you think might have value. Like, a, I can't believe I'm saying this, but even like, if you can trade him for Matt Jones, I think I make that trade. Trade him for a younger 
or a younger running back or someone that doesn't quite have full uh, a full workload yet that that could possibly in the future even if you can get Giovanni Bernard for DeMarco Murray I think that's a trade I do as well moving on to Buffalo uh, we're gonna talk uh, McCoy um, LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo he's been dealing with some quad injuries again um, that is going to make a missed time, and I believe he's going to miss this week again. If Carlos Williams goes out there and has a very good game like I expect him to, I think um, LaShawn McCoy's touches are going to be reduced at, at very, very minimum. He's going to be, It's going to be a, even more of a shared backfield. I think that you need to go ahead and try to trade LaShawn McCoy for any value you can get right now. Again, like a Matt Jones or... Uh, a Justin Forsett even, and a, a throw-in wide receiver three. Uh, just get any value for these guys that you can at this point. Okay, moving on to the DFS portion of this podcast. We're going to look at some cash game options here. I play on DraftKings, so that's going to be the, the salaries that I talk about DraftKings-wise. Um, I've never actually played on FanDuel. I've always played on DraftKings. I, I play a, a pretty high volume. I, play, uh, I think I'm playing... Over 200, 221 tickets this week. Mostly all cash game lineups. Um, I do have two tourney lineups in. But, you know, if you're not playing on DraftKings yet, you should. You you don't have to play high volume. You don't have to put a whole lot of money into it. But if you're a moderately, moderately smart fantasy player, it's pretty easy to win money, especially on cash games. Now, Real quick before I dive in, I'll just kind of explain the difference between a cash game and your tournament plays, or as we call it, GPP plays. Um, a cash game is something that you're going to, um, the, the top 50% of people that enter the game are going to win. So on this ticket, say there's 100 people, uh, the top 50 scores will win double their money and that's usually what it is for example if you play a cash game a one dollar buying cash game if you finish in the top 50 percent you're going to get two dollars or you know a dollar eighty depending on if it's a true double up or a um a 50 50 whereas that 20 cents is what you call the rake and it's a, it's the money the site keeps from uh for hosting the the turn the, the game there um, a GPP is your tournament plays. Those are the ones you see on TV. The million makers. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other lower stakes turnings as well. And typically on these games, you need to have um, a ton of points. I mean, to the point where it's crazy. Um, you're you're going to pick different types of players re- uh, depending on if you're building a cash game or a GPP. Um, a cash game, you're going to want to go a little more safe. Um, make sure you get, uh, you know, you're going to get guaranteed points here out of the players that you pick. Whereas at a, on a GPP, what you're doing is you're kind of throwing darts at the wall. You're going to look at the matchups and see lower priced guys that you could see blowing up having a good game. For example, like a DHB, if you were playing an attorney um, that um started on thursday night and some of them do a guy like dhb would be someone that you look at as a possible uh what you call pump play which is uh um, players who are lower cost um but could exceed their value and dhb would be a prime example of 
um, a, a guy that you, you could put in on a tournament play. Okay, so jumping in on this, uh, like I said, we're going to talk cash game lineup here today. And I'm just going to go over a couple of my lineups that I have for my cash games. Um, something to keep in mind, the benchmark of what you're hoping for um, as an outcome on your cash game lineups is 150 points. So it's not too high. Like I said, um, you're gonna, you want to pick safe players, people... Um, Quarterbacks with good matchups, running backs that you know are going to get the touches, uh, you know, uh, defenses that have a possibility of, of scoring scoring for you, but also in a, a, a lower over-under, um, according to Vegas. Those are usually a simple way to, to pick your defenses. So let's look at, um, at the quarterback position uh, for my first lineup here. I put Phillip Rivers uh, against the Cleveland defense here. I, I picked that because, first of all, Phillip Rivers is coming off a bad game. So his his cost is is very small on DraftKings. He's at 6100 which is it, it is pretty cheap and for the quarterback position. Um, I picked him because look at the way Cleveland uh, defended Derek. Derek Carr last week. Uh, Derek Carr had a very, very solid week last week, and it's because that leaky um, Cleveland defense. I do think that uh, Phillip Rivers can have a very good game, and considering his low cost here on DraftKings, I think he's a very solid cash game lineup. I don't think he's going to throw for 404 touchdowns, but you don't need that in a cash game. All, all I need is 250 yards and two touchdowns, you know, um, and, and he's exceeded value right there. Um, going off of that, I'm going to stack him with Keenan Allen. Um, a stack is when you pick a running back and a wide receiver or tight end that you're going to put in on the same ticket. Um, that way you can kind of try to double up value. If, um, Phillip Rivers throws to Keenan Allen, throws a touchdown to him, then that's, you know, that's two touchdowns I get for my lineup. And, uh, you know, Keenan Allen's a safe play. He's cut, he's had, uh, two really great games and one not so great game. Um, and he's $7,000, which is uh, middle range. It's still a little pricey, but I, I feel, you know, Keenan Allen's going to play a similar role as Sammy Watkins did last week. Those real short throws, the, the slants, the inside routes that, and, Cleveland just was horrible defending that. So I, I feel pretty comfortable putting Keenan Allen in my lineup. Uh, going on, uh, more receivers here. I got I have Amari Cooper in there, who again um, had a had a has been on fire actually lately, uh, looking great. Um, he is at 6,300. I'm stacking him with. Or I'm putting him with uh, Larry Fitzgerald at 6,500, who again is very moderately priced and uh, showing no signs in that Arizona Cardinals offense of slowing down. Now I really feel like he's a safe bet as well. Randall Cobb I have in here. He's 7,400. He's uh, he's pretty pricey actually, but it's against that San Francisco defense that just has been eaten up the last two weeks. I feel like he's a fairly safe play. Um, Moving on to the tight end position, I have Martellus Bennett. He's at 4,500. He's against Oakland, and Oakland just gave up a monster game to Gary Barnage of the of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they cannot defend the um, tight end position. I feel like at 4,500, he's a super safe play. Um, you're, you're not going to get any more safe than that. 
Uh, moving on to the running backs, I got Carlos Williams here on my number one spot. He's at 3400 Super, super underpriced, uh, considering LaShawn McCoy is probably going to miss this game. Um, I mean, that's just, I, I expect him to be 45, 50% owned on these cash games because he's so cheap um, and he's going to get the touches. I mean, he's a super safe play. My next one, I have Giovanni Bernard in there. He's at 5000 which is pretty pretty expensive for a guy that's going to have a shared um, a shared offensive role for the running back position. The reason why I picked him is because DraftKings is a PPR setup. You get points per receptions here. Um, I had some extra cash um, left over on this lineup. I just I figure that against um, Kansas City, the, Cincinnati is going to be throwing the ball a lot. They're going to want to get this ball out of hand to make Alex Smith, Smith um less comfortable pushing the ball downfield more than he wants to. And so that being said, I do think that Giovanni Bernard is going to have a big offensive role this week because he's going to be in on a lot of the passing downs and he'll be that check down option. I don't think six, seven, excuse me, six, seven catches out of Giovanni Bernard is out of reach this week. Um, moving on to the defense, I have Seattle against Detroit on Monday night. Um, they're the most expensive defense this week at 3,700. Again, it's a safe play. I think I don't, I don't, I don't expect Seattle to go and have two punt returns for a touchdown or defensive plays for a touchdown. But I do think that they're going to have a solid play against Detroit. Matthew Stafford's turnover prone. Um, I don't think there's any safer bet on for defenses than Seattle. Okay, moving on to my second lineup here. Again, like I said, I play over 200 um, tickets this week, and I, I, what I like to do is do at least two different cash game lineups in case one completely bombs. That way, I can kind of um, you know, break even with one of my lineups. So if only one of my lineups hit and the other one bombs, then I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to lose all my money. So that's why I do two cash game lineups a week, and then I only do one GPP lineup. So let's talk about this a little bit. At the quarterback position, I have um, Derek Carr. And I know you're thinking, you just said go super safe with these cash game lineups. I do think that Derek Carr is super safe this week. And he is only 5300 That's $300 more than the very minimum salary. Um, you know, when you look at this, the very first thing I look at is quarterbacks. And his value just so exceeds his cost here on DraftKings that... If you're not making at least a cash game lineup with Derek Carr, you're doing it wrong, I think. He, you know, it, this could turn around to bite me here, but the money that I'm saving by putting him in my cash game lineup is giving me more money to put towards my skill position players. And, you know, I just don't think he could go wrong here. Um, again, I have Seattle defense as my defense on this ticket. Uh, like I said, there's no safer defense this week than Seattle. Uh, going to the running back positions, I have Carlos Williams. Again, like I talked about, he's in my lineup here. Uh, he's going to have all the touches. He's 3,400, super underpriced. Uh, has a possibility of being a top 12 running back this week. Um, I mean, he, he's a no-brainer. He, he's actually in all of my lineups. He's in my GPP lineup as well. Um, the other running back position, I have Frank Gore. Uh, they play Jacksonville. I do think that this game is going to get out, out of hand. And I think that Frank Gore is going to have a huge offensive role this week. I know a lot of people are down on Frank Gore. He had a good game last week. But if you watch the two weeks before last week, he actually looked okay. It's just the game script got 
uncomfortable for Indianapolis, and they didn't want to run the ball. They couldn't. They didn't have a choice. They had to throw the ball to keep in the game and to, and to get back into the game. So Frank Gore was kind of phased out there. Um, I think he's going to have a huge game. I think he's going to have a huge role for this team today because or this team on Sunday because I think Indianapolis is, is going to hand Jacksonville a loss like, uh, like it's a practice. Uh, moving on to the wide receivers here. Again, I have Keenan Allen, uh, Keenan Allen, Randall Cobb, Larry Fitzgerald, and Amari Cooper. It's the same wide receiving core as my other cash game um, lineup. Just because I feel like the, all four of those are super safe options, and they all have super high floors as well, or super high floors and super high ceilings. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll have any problem with either one of these lineups this week. Again, on Tuesday morning, I'll tell you how everything went there, but I don't, I don't see an issue there. The tight end is where I spent uh, more money on this lineup compared to my last one uh, because I spent more money on, uh, on. Uh, Philip Rivers on my last lineup, I had to cut a little bit of cost, so I went with Martellus Bennett, who, um, you know, who has a great matchup and is underpriced, so I don't have any issues here. But with this lineup, I had some extra cash left over, so I went with Greg Olson. He's he's the main option there in Carolina. He's going to see 10, 12, 14 different targets this week, uh, and you know he is pricey, but he's as safe as they come, in my opinion. Okay, guys, that is the end of the show here. We went over uh, two of my cash game lineups for this week. We, we talked about some underperforming guys and different options you can do there. And we did a Thursday night preview game. We went over five minutes here. I was really hoping to keep it under 20 minutes this time, but I wasn't able to. Uh, hopefully, we can work on that in the future. Again, uh, I really appreciate you guys listening and downloading the podcast and... Uh, uh, hit me up on Twitter at the fantasy pitch underscore QP and send me emails or questions at fantasy pitch podcast at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure doing this, guys. And really, if you follow me on Twitter, send me your questions. I love I love uh, answering your lineup decisions. I don't make rankings, so positional put, uh, questions are totally acceptable, acceptable with me. So uh, until tomorrow, guys, get at it.